Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hello, David. Once again. Yes. As we continue our series on growing your business through a downturn, very important, very exciting topics. And very relevant. And very relevant, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And just as a reminder, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, please do. That'll kind of catch you up to where we are. These are kind of connected. You could listen to this one independently, but they're all, we're, we're building on something here. Yeah. And also as a reminder for folks, you know, as we're recording this here early 2023, there's definitely some signs in the economy that things aren't looking good, right? we could be wrong about what's going to happen next. We hope we're wrong. Maybe the news will all get better tomorrow and these layoffs will stop. But even if that does happen, I think what we're talking about here is super important if you're a business owner, because we know even if it's not now, a downturn will come. And these lessons are equally applicable whenever it happens. And the reality is, David, is still just the mindset from an overall planning standpoint, strategic planning standpoint, is that we can't just fly by the seat of our pants from an operational perspective. We have to constantly be checking ourselves. Where are we going as a company? What are we focused on? What are the likely changes? And anticipating those things and driving the company towards those things, you know, anticipating as best that we can, but not just sitting back and letting stuff happen to us on a regular basis. Right. Upturn. Yeah. uh, yeah. You could get away with that sometimes, right? I mean, Warren Buffett, I think we've said before, kind of a funny quote from Warren (laughs) Buffett where he says, right, you know, when when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming naked. That's right. right. Well, if the tide's going out, right, there could be some some weeding out here. Well, well, let's let's continue, Eric, where we left off. And I think, so last episode, we talked a lot about which industries might grow in a recession versus be hurt in a recession. We talked about interest rates the episode before that and how it can kind of set all this this cycle off. With all that, though, very much related is inflation. Yeah. It's been very in the news the last couple of years. It's very much related because it's actually the low interest rates. It's growing the money supply and the low interest rates are very much connected to each other. One causes the other. And so that hasn't stopped, right? So the printing of money has not slowed down or maybe guess a tiny bit, but it's still very, very large and fast at a rate of- Which is inflationary. Right, exactly. That that actually is inflation, is the growth in the money supply. A lot lot of times we talk in our kind of generally accepted narrative as we just, we think when we say, what's the inflation? We think, well, what's the CPI? Right. What does the CPI say? Because that's what inflation is. It actually isn't. Inflation is growth in mo- money supply. Right. CPI is a measure of the change in prices that consumers pay. Right. Right. Which, because these things are very correlated, they've become mishmashed together in right. our heads. But one causes the other. One, one causes cause the other. One, and, and, one is a cause, one is an effect. Right. So we should talk, though, Eric, about this CPI. Because I think the things I'm getting ready to say... People a couple of years ago might have said, David, you're crazy. You're part of some, you know, 
weird economic school of thought that doesn't... Economic cult. Yes, maybe, yes. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, if you think about, like, Austrian economists were talking about this years ago, but people would not have bought in. Today, we see it's becoming more accepted. And and here's how. Because inflation, if we call it that, or CPI, increased in 2022. What was the final number that came out? 8%? High sevens? I don't remember. But... So that's the official, if we buy into that was it, it was, let's just say it was 7.5. I might be off by a few points there, but say 7.5. If there is an American out there whose life got only 7.5% more expensive last year, I don't know this person. I don't either. (laughs) I have not met this person. Not me. (laughs) My my life got way more expensive last year than 7.5%. So something's not right here, right? right? This CPI is not measuring anymore what really is going on with the cost that Americans have to bear. Right. And why that is, now there's conspiracy theory around that. We won't (laughs) go into that, but there's lots of reasons why is that the case. But regardless of why the case is, it sure seems to be that the, the things we're experiencing out there aren't matching the CPI thing. Now, for some reason, yet we continue to look every single month what the CPI say? Is inflation right. up or down, right? right? And making very firm decisions on that when in reality, it, there's a lot more to it. Right. And so I think back to before someone says, ah, they're talking about theory again. I'm shutting this episode off, right? Stick, with, Hang with us because this is a lot of impact on your business. Yeah. Because this can start to impact, okay, well, what is really going on with prices? How are they increasing, right? We, we keep hoping and thinking, oh, all right, prices have gone up. Now they're going to come back down, right? Well, let's say two things. One is as long as the money supply keeps growing, price is probably not coming back down, right? Mm-hmm. So we can expect this to continue. It's a matter of will, it, will, will they grow faster or slower? But until you turn off the cause of the issue, the issue is not going away. We're, right. So we're going to live with it. Right. Then the next thing is, well, how big is it? And let's talk about CPI, Eric, if we could just for a second, because I think this is really important that – the things I'm saying here are not conspiracy theory. You can go read this on the BLS's website, Bureau of Labor Statistics website, is they've changed how they measure CPI yeah. in the past. So in the 1970s, there was a way that CPI was measured. Whether we could say it was pretty good or not then, I don't know, but it's probably better than it is now. And if you look at the data, CPI got pretty high, especially late 70s. 70s, right? It got yeah. really high. And then so, again, why they did this, I don't know, but sure seems when you don't like a result of something, just change how you measure it. Right? <laughs> right? And so there are several changes in the measurement that have happened. I'd like to just go over a couple just so people okay. can understand. So one is the CPI no longer uses the cost of real estate. They now use, I think this was 1983, they changed this. They now use rental equivalency. So instead of factoring into the CPI the cost of a house, they now say, well, what if the person didn't actually own the house? They just rented it back to themselves and paid the rent. And say, well, wouldn't that be the same thing? Well, if it was, then why did they do this? They did this so that they could come up with a different number, right? So the CPI ever since then is using this thing called rental equivalency, which is an estimation that no American actually pays. Mm -hmm. For the Americans who own homes, which is a lot of Americans, 
they pay their mortgage. They don't pay a rental equivalency. So we're con- right. as an American, I don't know about you, Eric, but I'm concerned about how much cash do I have to pay out of my household right. every month. Right. Well, if you think about it, in the rental equivalency, I think in the last episode, we talked very, very briefly about this as the impact on the construction business that, you know, there might be a shift towards more commercial buildings of apartments mm-hmm. because that cost is cheaper than right. housing costs. So exactly to your point, why is that? Well, you know, if if a housing development was built at a different time and when different interest rates were different, then the cost of capital associated with that is different. And so when you've got now, you know, an interest rate rise and other costs are going up on home ownership, well, that might not be the same impact on the rental rates. Right. And so it was so different. It, it right? misses capturing it, right. As the it's, home prices go up, it doesn't capture as much. No, because that's swing. spread out of that investment, spread out over right. a different period of time. And, and so it's, it's more indicative of a, of a long-term view, if you will, on housing as opposed to the short-term impacts of what's happening. Absolutely. So that's, that's one big change in how CPI is measured. Another is hedonics. Ooh. Which there's another word for us. Yes. <laughs> and what this is, this is an attempt to capture changes in quality of goods. There's also some substitution. So, so here's, here's an example. Here's a couple of examples. And TV prices actually have been coming down lately, so maybe this isn't the right example. Yeah, because technology it, always kind of is a, creates some walkiness in things. And so what happens is, well, let's go to the TV, right? You buy a TV, it's a 20-inch, 24-inch CRT TV, right? Weighs 500 pounds. Right. You know, this is, I'm going back, harkening back to the... Har- yes. Harken, there we go. I like that word again. Back into the 80s and 90s. You know, right. It took five guys to uh, get the one TV into the room. So you buy the TV and, I don't know, let's say it's $1,000 at the time you buy it. And then several years later, the TV breaks. You go back into the market and you want to buy another TV. You can't even buy the CRT TV anymore. It's no. not even there. No. But in, you can buy a plasma TV that's 30 inches, right? Or 40, 50 inches. And it also has Wi-Fi, smart TV, all these apps, right? And let's say that TV is $1,500. So the question becomes, what's the change in pricing, right? You might say, well, it went up 50%. TVs are 50% more. But an argument could be made by saying, well, it's not the same TV anymore. You actually bought something different. So what this, the CPI tries to do is try to adjust the price down to say, well, prices didn't really go up 50%. Maybe 30% was because TVs got more expensive and 20% is because you're actually buying a different product. Yeah. And we're getting into or, they, or they might even say, well, actually, the cost of a regular TV went down right. substantially because that CRT you know, at $1,000. I mean, we can now buy that 20-inch TV for 100 bucks or, yeah, or 200 If you can, if you can yeah. find it. If you can find it. Yeah. Right. And so it becomes very messy now what is actually the CPIs even measuring, right? Another thing they'll do is they'll substitute. substitute they'll, they'll assume consumers will substitute things. Mm-hmm. So let's say steaks, $5 from the grocery store. Prices go up. Now steaks are $10. But what the folks at the CPI, BLS, will do is say, well, hang on. Yeah, steaks doubled, but we can't put that doubling price in the CPI because actually a lot of Americans, when the price doubled, they're not going to buy the steak anymore. They're going to buy hamburgers. Hamburgers are only $7 right now. So let's measure the increase in cost from the $5 to the $7. 
And let's report that as part of the component of the CPI. So there's substituting yeah. effects here. Whereas to me, I'd really just want to know, no, a stake change from this to this, that right. is the increase right. in my cost. Just because I don't buy the stake anymore, it doesn't mean it's not well, as and expensive. And the reality is, is that even when you were buying hamburgers before, you know, they still went up twice the price because it's That's right. from the same beef. Right. So, so wait, wait, what's about that? Let me, let me ask you one, one or the other one, because this one irks the heck out of me, is, is the shrinking package size. Yeah. Um, does the CPI pick that up? I don't know. That's a good question. You're right, because yeah, very like, often I, I had something I, today. I, I really want to go find my true gallon of ice cream, yeah. you know, and my true <laughs> pound of so coffee, you know, yeah. not my 12 ounces I, of coffee. I would hope because they should adjust the other way for that. Yeah. But I don't know that they are. That's, that's a great <laughs> question. So we could dive deeper into the challenges with CPI, but I think bringing it back to the business owners, Eric. So if you go to a place called Shadow Stats, might be shadowstats.com. I can put it in the show notes. There's a group out there that is still tracking CPI as it was being tracked in 1980. Ah. And they'll publish now using the same methodology the government used in 1980, what CPI would be today. Well, spoiler alert, it's a good bit higher than (laughs) 7.5%. No, really? Yeah, it's about twice that much, which to me is, I don't know if that's completely accurate, but that's certainly more reflective of the increase in things that I've seen in my life yeah. in the last 15 year. to 20% sure is, seems to be closer. Make, sounds a little bit more like reality of what we're experiencing. So what's the action plan for the business owner here? I'd say recognize that, you know, cost increases, while they seem to have tapered temporarily, they're probably going to keep coming. And the question is how fast and, and, and when, right? And I would say, let's not use the CPI as the only indication of what's going on, right? Other things, PPI is one, I guess it could have its own distortions, but that's producer price index, right? That's a, actually a good leading indicator there because the businesses often pay the higher price is first and they have to pass this cost that's often down to the consumers. Another thing that you can look at is import prices. Import prices, if you look at indexes there, that's just the cost of the import, right? So, there's no adjustments or, or changes that has to be done. It's just the cost of imports. So you can often get a purer view of... Right, because you're not, you're not making these manipulations, There's no manipulation there, yeah. right? And those import price index has been higher. So I think for business owners, just say, watch that stuff, right? Watch the import prices. Watch the PPI. Don't not watch the CPI, but take it for what it is. Understand what it's actually measuring. And then understand that we are probably going into a, another chapter with costs will be going up. How do I put in place strategies in my business to to mitigate this, right? Yeah. You know, can, are, there, are there ways I can share these these expenses with my customers? Are there ways I can lock things in, fixing rates, fix contracts on things to try to insulate myself from the risk of the variability there? I think all things that we need to be putting in place as business owners, right, to try to continue to deliver value despite this mm-hmm. cost environment. Yeah, and, and I think some other thing, just, just real quick that we touch on is that there, there are other factors that are going into play into price increases. You know, we just came off of not only, you know, un, we've been in this unprecedented environment of money printing from the, the government and money supply. But the other, we, we came off of a pandemic. I mean, right. it's not totally unprecedented, but unprecedented for modern times, so right. to speak, in the impacts and the reactions and things of that nature. And the continued fallout that has occurred, you know, in, right. in, in certain supplies, There's because we just didn't have the people. There's still weird supply chain stuff. 
those are likely to balance out more regardless of what's happening hopefully with money that starts to calm down that yeah part. right that's yeah okay. yeah but you know being able to try to parse some of those things out you know are, are, are some additional things that we need to think about absolutely all right folks so hopefully we've given you a good framework to really think about interest rates cost increases how that's uh, might impact your business going forward Join us next time. We are going to revisit. We did an episode some time ago. I don't know how many, eight, 10 episodes ago on is now the right time to buy your competitor. Yeah. <laughs> I think now. It was sometime in October. It was, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and so now we're going to come back to that next episode. So folks, join us as we reopen that up, as we talk about, as you talk about growing through a downturn, growing by acquisition through a downturn. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss that. Please join us next time. 